With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. We are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on the Twitter machine. And we're also on Clipcast. If you haven't checked out Clipcast, it is the, uh, I guess, searchable podcast engine. You just throw a player in their search engine. You can find it at clip underscore cast on Twitter. And there is a link in the bio there. So um, if you just want to hear news on Todd Gurley or one of the rookies like DK Metcalf, you throw his name in there. And not only will you find the war zone, you'll find tons of uh, cool podcasts. So uh, check that out. But before we go any further, I have to bring in the man of the hour, the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is going on tonight? A whole bunch of nothing, man. You know, we've hit the time of the year where my life doesn't entirely evolve around football. There's a, a one-month period where I actually care about another sport. And, of course, Michigan State gets stuck in the bracket with Duke. So I am certain to be disappointed in the next few weeks. So if my laptop's broken and I'm absent from the war zone, that is why, my friends. Well, I, I will tell you this. that If you had national championship aspirations, you were going to have to beat Duke at some, some point anyway. So uh, fair. fair enough. Ain't nothing to it but to get through it. But uh, normally we just do the news with Jerry and I, but tonight we're going to invite our very special guest to cover the news with us. He is an OG in the Dynasty space. So uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to all the new subscribers. I, I get the alerts uh, via the Podbean and Apple, and it's really cool. And, I'm, and I'll speak on behalf of Jerry. We're very humbled that you're going on your Dynasty journey with us. But uh, our guest tonight is one of the first people that I, when it comes to podcasts, I was listening to from a Dynasty perspective. He is definitely an OG. He is JP Hurley. He is the owner and uh, I, I guess co-owner of the Dynasty Trade Calculator, um, which is the Twitter handle is at FF Dynasty Trades. Um, he's a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. He co-hosts the Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast with his co-host Izzy Alcafas, and he is the world's number three dad. JP, <laughs> welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. Thanks, you guys. I'm uh, I'm trying to work my way into the number two spot currently for the dad dad ranking. Yeah, yeah tell, uh, tell, tell us about so well. that. How, how does one get to rank number three? You have to you have to kill the number three spot, and you can just <laughs> take it over. <laughs> 
Wow, this got dark in a oh, hurry. Not where I thought that was going. You'll so fit this in is, well. This is actually friend. super nerdy, but when you ask me that, um, I, I I watch anime once in a while. Um, like there's specific like cult classic ones that I like. One of them is called Afro Samurai, mm-hmm. and actually Samuel L. Jackson is in it, which is so it's kind of cool. But it's pretty much like everybody's biting to be the number two, and you have to kill the number two to become the number two. So yeah, it's like the Highlander. That, it reminded me of that one. You remember Check the Highlander? The, the, the Highlander, like like the Highlander. There can only be yeah, there can yeah, only be one. Yeah. Jerry, you might not remember the Highlander. Yeah, that was before my time. So so listen, before we get into the news, uh, JP, tell the so like I said, we've got because Dynasty's a growing entity as as a fantasy football uh, side. You know, obviously, I think most people start with redraft. That's the gateway drug to fantasy football. But as the Dynasty side grows, I, I, as much as it would sound crazy, there might not be people who've heard of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing. So uh, I would just say just really briefly, the background is it just kind of started off. And and I would encourage all of you out there that get into Dynasty for the first time or have been in it for a long time. Um, I've been in it since like 2004. And my good friend, Izzy Alcafas, who is the co-host of the DTC podcast, like you mentioned, we got in a pretty heated argument about five years ago. It was like April 2014. I'm going to have to check my dates. And the argument kind of turned into like, well, we should just maybe Google to see if there's a tool out there that evaluates dynasty trades. And upon lengthy searches, there just wasn't anything. So then we kind of decided that we should make it just for ourselves because uh, we're greedy and we wanted to have something cool for ourselves. Uh, after about 45 or 46 different iterations on Microsoft Excel, we finally had one that kind of worked. Um, and it was good enough where we decided to like put it out there just to see if anybody liked it. We created like a Twitter handle. And it just kind of took off from there. So it was literally just a, you know, a paper and pen garage band story kind of thing. Uh, and it just kind of went up from there. So uh, for those that don't know, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is literally just a Dynasty Trades tool to help you evaluate your Dynasty Trades. And I want to emphasize that it's not the be-all, end-all. Some people kind of like use it as, the, as a Bible and it's not intended for that. It's one of many tools in your tool belt to use to evaluate your Dynasty Trades and I always encourage people to exhaust all of your resources, whether it's Twitter polls, listening to the People's Dynasty podcast, checking out people's rankings, reading articles, exhaust all resources to evaluate Dynasty trades, uh, and also use the calculator. Well, I, I will say this, you cheap bastards. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's two bucks a month or 10 bucks for a year. And if you're new to Dynasty and you can't reach Jerry or myself via you know Twitter poll or, or whatever, it, it can be... A godsend. So later in the show, because JP is part of the creator of the of the calculator, and I already know the answers because I because I'm a I'm a Dynasty Trade Calculator member myself. I know all the answers. We're gonna have some fun with Jerry later with some of these free agents versus some of the rookies, and which one does he think is gonna be more valuable in the calculator? You're you're welcome, Jerry. Yeah, thanks. The gauntlet. The uh-huh. gauntlet we're, is real. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with with Jerry's knowledge of uh, player value here in a bit. But uh, let's get into the news. This is the news. All right, so Tyreek Hill, and and I hate stories like this, but Tyreek Hill uh, was not arrested, was not charged with anything, but there was a domestic violence incident with his three-year-old son, his fiance, and allegedly there was another incident back on the 5th of March and and this is just a, a messed up story. So um, I'll start with I'll start with JP because I, I saw Izzy 
on Twitter, he mentioned how he he felt that he had to go in and adjust his value a little bit in the calculator. What what does this do to his trade? I mean, not his just his trade value, but his overall dynasty value, just without any charges or anything. It's definitely a manual instant change for him. He's gone down a spike just because it's a concern and. If some stuff like this surfaces for any other players that have had kind of like a clean past, it's uh, something that's usually kind of shrugged off and we wait until a little bit more fire instead of just the smoke. But with Tyreek, he's had that storied past. So we, we just have to make a reaction. I think his perceived value has gone down some. I'm more optimistic after reading more reports about it, but I'm, I, I have Tyreek in one of my leagues and I, I'm a little bit leery. Um, and again, I, I mentioned smoke and fire and usually where there is smoke, there is fire. So I would probably consider uh, waiting until his value kind of spikes back up once this news passes over because I, I fully anticipate it to kind of blow over. Um, and then once it does and he kind of restores his value, I, I would probably consider selling him now because I'm just, it's I don't like to have all my eggs in one basket. Tyreek's value, he, he's being drafted in the top nine, top eight uh, in startup drafts. So I'm, I'm looking to sell for that kind of value and just move away from uh, the risk that's uh, associated with Tyreek personally. I wonder if you guys feel the same way. Well, I'm gonna bounce it to Jerry, and then I'll I'll take a turn. Yeah, I think I think you hit that perfectly, JP. It's you don't want to get rid of someone when their value is decreased this much, because I I do think that his value perceptionally is down. I I don't know how much uh, really you're gonna lose out on trading for him. I think you're still gonna get pretty close to it, but it, that's just a headache. Like Jernigan used to say on the show that he's got the knucklehead factor and that's always needs to be on his resume. And this is just enough, even if nothing comes of this, if this never comes to fruition, that anything was wrong, it's still perceived that it was, and he'll have two incidents and it'll always be there. Yeah, I'm good on him. He's listen, he's a great talent, you know, does not seem to be the best human being on the planet. But if he's on my team, which I, I actually don't think I have any Tyree kills across my leagues. But if I did, I would also be trying to look out once this sort of blows over, like JP said. You know, I, I haven't ran this trade through the calculator, but the one Barclays share that I did trade earlier in the offseason, um, I traded a, Saqu uh, a Saquon share and Tyree kill was part of the package I got back. And that's the only share of Tyreek that I have. I I'm not super, you know, like... I'm not afraid to uh, have a little risk. I'm not risk adverse so much, but one share of a guy like him, Mixon, uh, Kareem Hunt, one is plenty. I, I don't, but I don't want to be over diversified. But I'm with you guys. I'm looking for positive news. The weird thing is, is that he was mentioned in the first report on the fifth, and the DA determined that no charges needed to be filed. And then his fiance was mentioned in the report from this past Friday, and she was mentioned in the report on the fifth. And this one's still being investigated. You know, I'm not trying to pin this on her because I don't have the facts. And I'm, I'm most certainly not an attorney or a judge. But it, it's obviously a bad situation in that home. So I hope they get that figured out for that family. More so, more importantly than football or anything else. But I'm with you guys. I, I will wait until this blows over. Hopefully he's on the field week one. They get all this worked out. And the right person gets punished. And I can move off my one Tyreek share. So um, enough of that crappy news. Let's talk about some interesting news. So literally right after we finished recording with Jesse and the guys last week on the show, the news broke that Le'Veon Bell signed in New York. So I'm going to listen to Jerry. Jerry, what did you think about this signing? We just missed it as of recording last week. Yeah, I mean, Lev Bell's going to get work. Uh, I think it's not as fruitful as a spot as Pittsburgh was. 
just because they produce running backs just like Kansas City does. But, I mean, Lev Bell is a supremely talented back in the league. He can do everything you need. You know, he can catch. He can score. He's he's just fun to watch. But, you know, you're talking to a Michigan State guy, so I could I could toot Le'Veon Bell's horn all day long. But I, I think it's a good spot. I don't think it's going to be as good to him. So I I, I think it could have been worse. I, I will say that it also could have been better. What about you, JP? You a fan of this landing spot? So uh, I've discovered something about myself this offseason. Randy, you and I were talking pre-podcast, both kind of a little bit older, more mature guys, and we talked about how punctual we are, and it's probably something that kind of comes with age, but... I've discovered, and, and again, this is another one of those things that could be, you know, from old age. I've discovered that I'm becoming pretty pessimistic when it comes to fantasy football, especially considering uh, the offseason. And Le'Veon Bell's situation, I know there's a lot of people that are rejoicing. He's got a team. He's had a year off of rest. Um, you know, he's he's in a place where he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's got fresh energy. M- my pessimism comes from the fact that he has had that year off. Uh, I had a like a discussion with somebody on Twitter about that. They were looking at it as a positive. I consider that a pretty big negative. I've seen people come back after having a lengthy amount of time off. Like, um, let's see, Des Bryant comes to mind. Like, it, it wasn't his first practice back. He had like that torn uh, Achilles right when he that, came back. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, sure it was. And I'm sure he's working out, keeping in shape. I haven't seen that's that, that's one of the alarming things for me is I haven't really seen a whole lot of videos. Usually, what like when a uh, a receiver or running backs away from the game for a little while. You see tweets where they're working out and they're in like tip top shape. They're working with trainers. I've seen nothing from, from Le'Veon Bell outside of rap music. I just don't see that he's keeping in shape. So I I'm really alarmed that uh, he's had this much time off and he's going to be coming back. So I would be uh, fearsome of an injury when he comes back. So I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm optimistic about his landing spot and, and his chance to renew his career. And it's kind of funny that he got a little bit of a pay cut uh, relative to what he was looking for. Um, but I, I'm just concerned. I'm concerned with him coming back and showing uh, difficult signs of durability in the first few weeks. And, and I, I see a lot of pros and cons of this. I, the, the, the biggest pro is that they traded for, I can never pronounce the guy's name. He was the uh, Pro Bowl guard from the Raiders. I think it's Osami or... Something like that, but uh, he, I'm not going to try. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I probably shouldn't have. Um, they, they, they traded for a better lineman. I think they'll draft some more offensive line. They they already had Chris Herndon at tight end, who I like. They picked up Crowder. They re-signed Anunua. They're going to keep Robbie Anderson. So it's like um, they don't have one ace, but they got a fistful of deuces there at, at their <laughs> receiving core. You know, I, I think from a PPR standpoint, which is the majority of formats we play, there's going to be a you know negative game script opportunity for this team. So he'll get a lot of check down work. My fear is just what JP said. Whether or not he actually ballooned up to 265 pounds, it doesn't matter. The fact that, that you know, he only refuted it and never posted a whole bunch of workouts or, you know, pictures of, of him working out. Like, it was the opposite of Darius Geis. Darius Geis is going hammer, 365, you know, yes. working every day to, to get back on the field. And I don't see that that desire, that hunger. So I'm not out actively buying Lev Bell. Uh, I, I'm trying to sell this narrative is that it's a good landing spot, which isn't. it's one of the better ones. I think I think the, the Lev Bell owners out there really wanted the Colts, but I don't think that was ever going to happen. But I love this for Sam Darnold. I'm a, I'm a big Sam Darnold fan. Uh, just traded for him in a, in a super flex league myself, and I love this. You know, you can, this is a guy you can check down, get a lot of you know yards after catch. 
the, the improved weapons. But no, I, I'm not touching. I'm not touching Bell at his current cost. But he's another guy. If I can move him and uh, you know get, get similar to what he's going for in value, I, I would love to move on. So last week it was a, a big debate because this is a big name free agent offseason. It's been great for podcast hosts like us. Um, OBJ went to Cleveland, which I think we beat that horse to death last week. But uh, the New York Giants signed Golden Tate to a pretty lucrative deal. JP, did, did that move – not one of the players I'm going to ask about later, but did that move his value at all with the calculator? And what do you think personally? Stayed pretty much the same. He's he's kind of been in a little bit of uh, like a transition. Like if somebody lost their job and you called them up and they're trying to cover for it by saying, oh, I'm, I'm between in between jobs right now. I kind of feel like that's what Golden Tate has been going through the last like uh, 18 months or so with his transition from Detroit into Philadelphia and New York Giants. He's just he's between good teams right now. And he, it, it, I think that he's not quite young enough where he's able to stick with a team that's going to be in a full-blown rebuild like New York Giants. Um, I kind of feel like he's a real like gap player. So he's he's going to be, you know, catching balls from Eli Manning and watching Saquon Barkley tear up the field for a season. And he's going to find a new home next year again. And he's just going to be become this journeyman. And I'm not exactly sure what he's become, but um, I was pretty impressed with his. I think last year he had like the most yards created out of any wide receiver in the NFL. Um, some of those next-gen stats. That was pretty cool to see, and he's going to need to have that because Eli just doesn't seem like he can get the ball down the field anymore. Um, he's just checked down City to Saquon Barkley and watching guys just kind of create their own yards for him. Um, so Eli's stats are pretty deceiving as far as that's concerned, but I, I kind of feel like uh, Golden Tate is going to find himself in kind of a, a little bit of a fluctuation year. Um, he's just in a, a like limbo right now is the word I was looking for, like a purgatory thing. Yeah, that, that New York Giants offense. I mean, I'm not too worried about Saquon. He had... I mean, he's Saquon. He had some amazing stats the last four games. He did have one down game. Of course, it was week 15 when all the Saquon Barkley owners like me really needed him to show up, but that's a different story for a different day. Sounds about right. It Can does. you imagine him like on an actual good team? Like it's just You imagine terrifying. him on Indianapolis because th- th- there were rumors last year that when the Colts still had the third pick oh. and, they, and they traded that third pick to the Jets and they moved back to six and that th- there was thought they could have gotten Saquon. That would have been Unreal. magic. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, li- I like Golden Tate, the football player. Not so much the dynasty asset at this point. I think he's Agreed. 30, right around 30 years old. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy that could play another two, three years and be productive. If he's on your roster, he's not going to fetch much in trade value, uh, even off of his name. I mean, this is a guy for who, before last year, it went like four straight seasons with 95 receptions. But I think his actual value to your dynasty roster is worth more than you're going to get for him in the secondary market. So you're probably better off holding him, in my opinion. Use him as your wide receiver three, as a bi-week fill-in type dude. And uh, just be happy that you, you still have him. And if for some reason you're not contending and a contender you know, has a wide receiver get hurt and you see a, a flip opportunity midseason, that, that would be the time to move him, in my opinion. Jerry, what do you got? No, I, I agree. I feel like as an NFL player, I love watching Golden Tate. His shake and bake is just, oh, it's a thing of poetry. His fantasy value, uh, like you said, I don't think you're going to get a ton for him. And if he's the guy you put in to replace your flex, you know, week seven or week eight, I think you're you're happy to do that. Yeah, I, I think of, of him like, not like similar, but different to Larry Fitzgerald. You're, you're never going to get back in like rookie picks or young players what his production is going to give you on the field. So you just might as well keep him in 
see how your how your 2019 goes. Uh, these next two guys, I don't say they traded jobs, but Mark. Well, hey, hey, yeah, Randy, jump what, in. Can I just? Uh, I, yeah. I want to redact part of my statement around Golden Tate. I took a peek at his contract, and I want to just uh, add this value because it's kind of a surprise to me. He, this is a massive contract. So it was. got him signed through the age of 34. His his out his potential out isn't really until 2021. There's a ton of dead cap next year, so he, he probably won't be uh, finding another team next year. It's kind of shocking that in a team situation where they're kind of fully rebuilding in New York, they're just going to kind of dole out this huge contract to a, a guy who turns 31 in August. So it doesn't look like he'll be leaving anytime soon. But, but I will say this, that there is value. I don't know that it's not quite that contract level of value, but there, there is value because they're obviously, you know, attempting to rebuild of having a good guy in the locker room. And Golden yeah. Tate just yeah. strikes me as a good dude. Kind of dude that a, that a young guy, because I'm, I'm hoping with one of those first-round picks, they're going to draft one of these young wide receivers. And he strikes me as the kind of guy that, you know, an A.J. Brown or a Hakeem Butler, someone can go up to and go, hey, man, can you help me with X, whatever X is? And he'd be like, yeah, absolutely, man, I'd help you out. So um, th th there's more value than just dynasty value. And these next two guys, they, they kind of uh, switched roles. So Mark Ingram went to Baltimore and Lat Murray – Latavius Murray left the uh, the fine state of Minnesota to go down to New Orleans. JP, how, how did these two uh, moves treat you? Mark Ingram is probably one of the most interesting free agents this offseason, considering he's he's kind of, uh, again, just like Golden Tate, where he's kind of getting up there in years. Um, but he found himself on a uh, different than Golden Tate. He found himself in a pretty good situation um, in Baltimore. He's going to have a chance to be a bell cow back there. And I'm really curious to see what he's going to do without Elvin Kamara, like just <laughs> hawking all of the receptions from him and taking a lot of the time away from the uh, Ingram on, on the field. Um, but the problem is he, he does have that age. So I kind of, I, I view Mark Ingram as a perfect window to sell at some point this year. And it's not going to be until maybe somebody um, comes along who's con uh, contending maybe after a few weeks of the season, Mark Ingram's going to have a couple big weeks. Um, but I feel like, he is the 2019 Des Bryant. Like, uh, so remember, like in 2000, probably 17, Des Bryant's still kind of churning out touchdowns, and he had some pretty good value. Still, he was a top, I don't know, 2025 dynasty asset. And then one year later, he was literally bottom of the barrel, looking for a team. Um, I feel like Mark Ingram is that guy, and it it might not happen like right away this next off season, but he's so close. So I view him as as a perfect time to sell. Um, and a lot of people disagree, and that that's good because that means that he still carries some significantly, relatively high value. So, and then Lat Murray taking his job, I think there could be some sneaky value with Latavius Murray there in New Orleans. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a little bit of a, a you know a, a poorer version of Mark Ingram, but he's uh, he's got a good lateral game, and they're going to need him uh, to kind of take the load on some of those early down work. And they, they've really shown, they've emphasized us that they don't want to give uh, Kamara the full load. So they just want to kind of share the workload. And whether it's Lat Murray or then, you know, the next guy, um, it's just, it's a good lucrative position because the Saints are going to put up a ton of points. So, what about you, Jerry? What, what do you think yeah, about these two? I, I don't think I could have said it any better. It, I think Ingram is going to be the guy this year. Um, and I do think it'll give you a nice window to trade him. It, it's going to be tough though, because it's going to be when he's doing good that you're going to want to trade him, which is when most people, you know, they say to to trade when their their values peaked, but then they don't want to do it when they're actually performing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be the perfect time to do it. As far as Murray goes, I think it is sneaky, but I think it's better for Alvin Kamara than anybody because I I think like JP said, he's a poorer version of Mark Ingram, 
So that'll give more opportunities to Alvin Kamara. But at the same time, he's good enough to take some of those carries so that Alvin Kamara doesn't get run into the ground and hurt and broken down. So uh, overall, I think it was a good move for New Orleans. I think it was a good move for Baltimore. And I think it worked out really for everybody. That was one of those situations where I did, you saw it and you were like, okay, that was good signings. Good job, guys. And by the way, uh, to be really specific with what we're all talking about here, we seem like we're on the same page. Uh, Mark Ingram turns 30 on December 21st. So that's a, a date on the calendar if I'm a, a Mark Ingram owner that I'm circling. And I'm probably going to want to move him before that because everybody is haunted by the the 30-year-old running back. It's just kind of like something that sticks in your head and it becomes really difficult to move a guy when he when he gets uh, when he hits that age. So, uh, I I said because I, I agree with both of you guys, but I'll I'll share a story instead of you know sharing my opinion. So after this news broke, uh, I'm in a let's see, we start ten on offense, ten on defense, IDP league, super flex, tight end premium with with ten player IDP. So basically ten side ten per side offense and defense, and I finished third last year. Thanks for nothing, Saquon Barkley. I didn't forget, <laughs> and. Uh, but, but, but my, my frontline starters are really good in this league, but I needed some depth. And I had two 2021sts. And this is a, a league where I really fancy myself a contender. Um, had, I, had I actually played in the Super Bowl in this league, I would have I won easily. So I've got a really good team, and I need some depth. So I traded one of my two 2021sts, and I got back Mark Ingram, Doug Baldwin, and a 2024th. So... According to the calculator, which, you know, I like to run my trades through just to get, you know, a different opinion beyond my own because I don't think I know everything. And That's smart. I, 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 I really, I really, I mean, I didn't do it beforehand. I just, you know, this guy was getting lowballed. Mark Ingram signed with Baltimore and he was getting lowballed with like, you know, seconds and, you know, the 209 or whatever. And I was like, I want to win this league this year. I feel like I really can, but I need some depth. And I think that Doug Baldwin, a side note, will be a play this year. Seattle's only got four draft picks in this upcoming draft. And they didn't do anything to address the wide receiver position in free agency. Even if they bring in a rookie with one of those four draft picks, he's not going to be a, a huge contributor right away with where they're drafting. So I think Doug Baldwin, if healthy, could be a, a nice little contributor for my team. So uh, I, I saw it as an opportunity to purchase. And I, I will say this. I, I heard on another podcast that Mark Ingram in his career only has like 1,600 touches. And to put that in perspective, uh, both Saquon Barkley and uh, Christian McCaffrey had over 350 this, just this past year alone. So Mark Ingram may be th- or turning 30 in a year, but he's got low mileage. He's like that old used car with low miles on him. And I think that with the way he takes care of himself, I think that he could play another, from a fantasy standpoint, be like an RB two or three for the next two or three years. He's barely healthy. and He's like a Buick. He's, he's like a, a nice Buick. Buick. He's like a, ni- he's like a, <laughs> a nice, nice casual. He's like a 2000, 2003 Oldsmobile. So I, I like Mark. The roof is the roof isn't like sinking in on you or yeah, anything. Yeah, it, like, it's, it's good. <laughs> it was owned by an old lady who only drove it to church yeah. and to the grocery store. Yeah, like Mar- it, might, might, it might smell like Marlboros, but it, it's still good. <laughs> yeah, it smells like the new car smell and cigarettes. So these next couple of signings. Um, well, see, so do you do you want to know somebody else who has sixteen hundred? Well, it's it's carries. It's got they've got a few more touches in this, but uh, Demarco Murray. Oh, and he gone. You're, you're, so br- like, you're, you're bringing me down, man. You're bringing I know, 1600, 1600 <laughs> carries. Uh, he's got um, two, 300 receptions. So he, he's got a few more than 1600 touches total, but just because he's got more, more work in the passing game. But I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really concerned, man. I'm again, I'm, I'm old pessimistic guy. So I'm just going to, 
be uh, negative, I guess, this podcast. I apologize. <laughs> no, I, I would much rather have you be negative and honest than optimistic and, and not be, be, you know, share your true feelings. So uh, Ooh, that sounds like a quote for an email right there. I'm going to write that one down. Write that, Jerry. Tell him what that is. <laughs> That's a writer downer. <laughs> That's a writer downer. That's a writer downer. Writer downer. Um, so what about Tevin Coleman? Uh, who, he signs in in San Francisco, and then Raheem Mostert. The also re-signed, so now they've got four running backs. What's going on in the the backfield in in San Francisco, Jerry? I'll let you guys have them. All right, there's too much, and and they're all good. Like I I like (laughs) Tevin Coleman, and I like Breida, and I like Jarek McKinnon, and Mostert did pretty good. Jeff Wilson didn't die either, so I'm that's a headache. Jeff Wilson Jr. Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, I, NASCAR oh, driver. Sorry, sorry. NASCAR driver. Jeff Wilson Jr. Like, I get that the, the Shanahan offense produces running backs, and you got Tevin Coleman for the Tevin Coleman role, so that worked out even better. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's a good luck deciphering how that goes. That, that's the best I can say. So it, if I was a person that had Tevin Coleman and I was praying and hoping that when free agency hit, he would get his job and I could benefit from it. I think you are extremely disappointed. He could have ended in a bazillion different places and you would have been much happier. Instead, you got stuck with McKinnon, who is <laughs> last year's Tevin Coleman. <laughs> so it, that's a headache. So you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but that's just something I will likely be avoiding in redraft. I do have Tevin Coleman because that strategy I talked about so what what about you jp what do you think about this uh this mess of a backfield ah here i go pushing me into the the negative take role here again so being a diehard vikings fan and watching jerick mckinnon just (laughs) i don't know like i don't know what other people are watching like i know he's got some pretty good physical skills and stuff but i just didn't see anything great out of him in minnesota and then there was all this hype surrounding him last year when he jumped into shanahan's offense and the 49ers and now Tevin Coleman's kind of got the same thing going on. And I think uh, you had it flipped a little bit there. You said uh, that uh, Tevin, Tevin Coleman, or actually you said that Jerick McKinnon was uh, this year's Tevin Coleman or something, vice versa. I think it's kind of flipped. Uh, Tevin Coleman gets to be the Jerick McKinnon. So there's going to be like all this hype surrounding Tevin Coleman. Um, his value is going to peak at some point during the offseason. I think people are going to watch him get hit on the field and, he's going to kind of stink a little bit as far as like between the tackles, like we've seen in Atlanta. Um, the thing that I'm curious to see is if uh, Shanahan's going to give him some more targets in the passing game, because he, it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't throw a guy like Tevin Coleman, the ball more frequently. So he, he's a guy that I want to see get a hundred targets from. Um, and if he, if he can generate that much usage in the passing game, then I like him, but I don't like him between the tackles. I don't like him in early downs. They don't seem like they have a bruiser. Um, and you guys listed off uh, Mostert, McKinnon, Tevin Coleman. But are we, are we forgetting about Breda? Like, is Breda still part of the mix here? Or is he oh, yeah, he's, has he he's, had his leg amputated? No, he's Wolverine. He is there. He is the Breda. He gets knocked down. He looks like he's destroyed. He goes to the bench, comes back. He plays with a high ankle sprain. There's there's no stopping. There's like if a, if a, a nuclear bomb goes off, there'll be cockroaches and Matt Breda and Frank Gore roaming the earth, and that'll be it. Yeah. He, he, so to Randy's guy. point, it's so it's so <laughs> crowded there. It's unbelievably crowded. And it's like, it's all kind of mediocre guys. I would not be surprised if Matt Breda came out being like the the guy that was most talented amongst all of them. I, I know that's not a popular take, but 
it's just so difficult to navigate these uh, these uh, rough waters right now in the the backfield of San Francisco. So, I, I I said jokingly in a group chat that I think uh, McKinnon because as of right now, there's not a whole lot of depth behind Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Sure. And, and I could see a draft night trade where McKinnon gets traded back to Minnesota to back up Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook misses a game or four because that's what Dalvin Cook does. And <laughs> Jarek McKinnon winds up being the RB 25 to 30 and has a little bit of role this year. That, that, that would make the most sense to me personally. But it, it's kind of a wait and see. If I, if I have Tevin Coleman or Jarek McKinnon or Matt Breda, I just got, I'm in a holding pattern. There's nothing I you think, can do about it. I think it. the Vikings are are fine with Amir Abdullah. I, I mean, I don't like him that much either. Amir but, Abdullah, I mean, from the ashes, he rises like a phoenix. <laughs> Literally couldn't you know have a more similar clone to um, Jarek McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon than Amir Abdullah. They're just underperforming physical freaks, you know, out of college, and they just couldn't do it. So Amir Abdullah falls in that same pocket for me. Couple of couple of quick hitters, and we'll get into these rookies versus these free agents. And that's a uh, Tyrell Williams to Oakland, and Peyton Barber resigns in Tampa Bay. Uh, JP, anything uh, exciting about these, or you you staying pessimistic? Yep, my real quick take is I'm staying pessimistic. All last year, like probably from uh, 18 months ago till till now, um, I considered him Byrell Williams because I wanted people to buy him. I, I anticipated the Colts trading for him last year, and I anticipated the Colts signing him this year. Uh, neither of those two scenarios panned out, and he lands on a team that's also become relatively crowded in the past couple of months now, and I just don't like where he's landed. I wish that he would have had a chance to have a ceiling as a wide receiver one, and he just doesn't have that ceiling anymore, so I'm out. I, I agree, and I was actually kind of hoping that we end up signing, because I'm a Colts fan. I live just north of Indianapolis, and I'm a Colts fan, and we wind up giving $13 million, even if it is just for one year to Devin Funchess. And the Colts' <laughs> offensive coordinator ha- has ties to this, you know, L.A. Chargers team. And it, it just felt right, but I-, I-, I think the Colts will probably wind up drafting somebody. And I know that they're still high on Deion Kane from last year's they draft They should have just taken Moncrief back instead of Funchess, man. What the heck is going on? The guy knows mm-hmm. the offense. Luck loves him. Jeez. Uh, but but and, and that should tell you all you need to know about Mr. Moncrief. If they yeah. chose Devin Funchess over you, mister, you got a different Oof. set of – you got a different set of uh, – uh, of headaches and uh, uh, as far as Peyton Barber, um, I know it's one year deal, but kind of like Golden Tate, you're not going to get what his value is. Um, Tampa Bay still has all seven other draft picks, and I saw Daniel Jeremiah mock draft Josh Jacobs to them at five overall, which I don't think will actually happen. But they'll probably be in the market for a running back, but I think they're going to punt on the Ronald Jones situation and move on. But speaking of moving on, we're going to move on. We're going to move out of the news. And we're going to talk about uh, free agency as it relates to the trade calculator. That is the tool, and that, that, that is what our guest does. So my, my first question for you, JP, as it relates to the calculator and free agency, is which free agent had the biggest spike in their calculator value due to where they landed in free agency? So I saw that in the show sheet, and I took a look at all of the movement from the free agents, and there wasn't really a lot that uh, – there wasn't a lot of increase in values, I would say. Um, obviously, uh, Le'Veon Bell landing on a team helped his, his case out a little bit. It was pretty similar. Uh, and I was trying to look at just the big names because nobody wants to hear that. Uh, you know, Don, speaking of Dante Moncrief, Moncrief going from uh, the Jags to the Steelers, that's kind of a bump because he could, you know, find himself in a position to get uh, some additional targets from Big Ben with Antonio Brown leaving. But there wasn't really a lot of big uh, upward movement, there was a lot that kind of like uh, decreased in value. 
Um, specifically, I was looking at, uh, let's see here. Yeah, Lev was one of the ones that stayed the same. There's just so much to track here. No, I, I just, I guess, I just assumed that a guy like like Funchess would have got a reasonable spike, even though Cam Newton's a good quarterback. I think between opportunity and you know, I don't think I'm going to ruffle too many feathers by saying Andrew Luck's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. Um, I, I thought that that, uh, that that quarterback bump may have helped him. Uh, I figured Antonio Brown would have been someone who had to have lost value between his shenanigans yeah. with, with the blonde mustache and Mr. Big Checks and Mr. <laughs> Big Chest. Um, how did, I mean, let me ask you this a little sidebar. How did that impact his value from, let's say, week 16 of last season to now? Did, did he take a big bump? Was it like 10%? He's been kind of all over the place. So he took a relatively big bump at first, and then um, it's kind of plateaued off a little bit, but his personality issues are something that we can't account for in the calculator. So there's been, this has been a really weird year of manual adjustments. We don't really like to do a lot of those, but like, like how do you put an algorithm inside of a, you know, a, a physical calculator tool to account for somebody dyeing their mustache? So it's, it's just really, it's kind of a it's difficult a, a subject. So we've just been finding ourselves making small little tweaks here and there. It's a 10% and he's one of those dog. guys that we've seen just kind of up and down roller coaster, just based on his attitude and, um, I was concerned for Wilder that he might find himself in a similar situation as Le'Veon Bell last year, where he might end up having to hold out. None of these teams might want to deal with this crap. I thought that the the Steelers were bluffing that they had a lot of suitors for trades because I didn't feel like there was owners that wanted to put up with that stuff. But yeah, it's just it's a really big, uh, uh, interesting pain point this offseason for him. So, uh, you know, and then here comes John Gruden on a silver and black horse. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Oakland, I mean, as long as I remember, you know, Oakland as a franchise, it's been the home of the bad boys. So I, I, and I don't hate it for Derek Carr. That, that, that is one guy. Again, I talked about the little bump I gave Sam Darnold personally because he got, you know, some new weapons. I think you have to give Derek Carr a reasonable bump as long yeah. as he, as long as he rolls into 2019 as the starter. And I think recency bias hurts Derek Carr. It was two years ago that he was Carson Wentz. And I say that because until he broke his leg against the Colts that game, he was trending well on his way toward an MVP type season. And then he got hurt and then he lost a bunch of weapons. Am I really going to hold 2018 against him? First year in the Gruden offense, he's throwing to the likes of Jared Cook, a past his prime Jordy Nelson and Seth Roberts. And uh, Aitman, Marcel Aitman. How can I be mad at him for that? So he yeah. was a guy that, you know, didn't move, but his new toys should make him uh, a player. Jerry, anything on uh, any of this, these free agents as far as their value that, that you liked? I mean, it depends. Listen, you guys heard me preaching Carlos Hyde. And guess what? I'm going to be going after Carlos Hyde again because maybe I'm the stupidest person on the planet. But I just, I don't love Damian Williams. I like me some Carlos Hyde and it's Kansas City. Get, I, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for that. Make, I know I'm going through the gauntlet later. And if I'm going through the gauntlet again right now, then let's just do it. So Carlos Hyde for Jerry. JP, who are you looking to add uh, now that the dust has settled? Is there a free agent that you want to add on uh, some of your rosters? So, yeah, looking to add for free agents. I wanted to um, reverse the wheels a little bit and refine my answer when you asked me about some of the biggest movers for the offseason. Uh, and then I'll add my my biggest you know free agent I'm looking to add. So the, the season's been kind of weird. It's been a little bit less about the big movements in value for uh, free agents that have landed on new teams and have been traded to new teams. 
and more about like the the gaps that they leave behind them in their wake as they leave their teams. So for instance, uh, Antonio Brown, like we talked about, didn't really see a big spike in value up or down really significantly, maybe a little bit down. But like Juju Smith-Schuster has been capitalizing on this big gap that was left behind. Dante Moncrief comes in. Um, a lot of people are really excited about uh, James Washington. So like I'm, I'd be more focused on not the free agents, but the big gap, the backfills that they're leaving behind them. Um, I think Mark Ingram specifically is probably the only free agent that really saw a pretty good spike, uh, an increase in situation. But again, in his case, he was taking that load. And, and we've all agreed that Latavius Murray is a little bit cheaper version of him. But Elvin Kamara is a guy that I have my sights set on. He's he's very high uh, valued right now, but now he kind of gets Mark Ingram out of, out of his way. So there's just a lot of those backfills that I'm focusing on right now while everybody else is focusing on the free agents and their new teams, you know? And that is why he is a professional, folks. That is next-level thinking, graduate <laughs> level. And I agree with him. So uh, I agree with Ingram. Obviously, I share my little story about when I went out and purchased him and, and Doug Baldwin. But I, I like how it impacted other players, not really the free agents. I already mentioned Darnold and Carr. I liked it for them. I, I like it for... Um, whoever the running back ends up being in Oakland. I mean, I think they're going to draft somebody, but I, I like it for Jalen Richard. I, I think there's work there. I think whoever they, they wind up having at tight end in Oakland. I, I don't think it's so much the people that moved as much as it's the opportunities that it created and the increased uh, roster, not roster, what's the word I'm looking for here? The increased um, players. Touches or, yep. Yeah, just, just the, the, the cast. There you go. The, the cast of characters around them, like Sam Darnold, he got – a new slot receiver, a new running back, a new offensive guard. I mean, th th those are the kind of things that, that I increase value. Now, I want to shift this over to the rookies a little bit. Um, from a calculator standpoint, or just an overall value standpoint, but uh, how big is landing spot for, for a rookie? Now, could, could that create a big spike? So I'll use DK Metcalf. He seems to be very polarizing. If what would his value do if, say, he were drafted to either the Ravens, which I think we all assume would be a bad spot, or say the Colts, which I think we would all assume is a good spot? So I would say this is the biggest cop out take of all time. Um, it reminds me of actually <laughs> a couple of years ago, Izzy and I had Chris Harris on our podcast, and we we had it was right around this time of year. Let's just say that it was exactly two years ago to the day, and it's the anniversary of that right now. And I'm going to pull a Chris Harris on you guys. We kept asking Chris Harris, uh, we went down the line, asked him rookie after rookie after rookie, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about, th about this guy? And he kept saying pretty much over and over that we're all just guessing right now until we see landing spots, everything changes. Like there's uh, cases every single year where we're all hyped up on a specific rookie. They get an unfavorable situation or we're kind of uh, fading a rookie and they land on a favorable situation. Uh, everything changes and it's just like it's so difficult for us in the industry to analyze players properly like right now without having all of the information because landing spot is literally at least 50% of the puzzle when it comes to evaluating a player. So like, uh, just like you mentioned, DK Metcalf, it could literally go either way for him. And it's so difficult for us to, to try to make guesses at what his value is, what it could be, uh, and then how long it might take him to restore or fall down. So it's just, it's so interesting uh, this time of year. It's, it's, it's the best, the most confusing. It, it's a lot of work. So I started doing rankings uh, of the rookies. I'm, I'm going to help with the dynastyfootballfactory.com do their overall dynasty rankings this year. But it, it, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm doing these rankings. I'm like, well, I've got this guy at six, 
But this guy could go all the way up to like number one or number two if he lands in the right spot. And this guy could slide all the way down to 12. And, and, and it does feel like a cop-out, but I, I think we're just being honest uh, as far as it goes. So here's one that I love to throw at every, every guest that we've had on, um, including your old uh, co-host, Nick Whalen. Um, Nick Whalen. We had old Nick on here. He hung out with us for a couple weeks ago. But uh, forget the calculator and everything else. Just maybe not the best rookie in this class, but who is your favorite rookie in this class as of today? So would it be super rude of me to say I just don't have one this year? It's just a big blob of stuff. Probably maybe it would be better for us uh, to evaluate like in tiers uh, right now until we get a little bit more clarification on landing spots. But like I would probably be more liable to draft a running back than a wide receiver. I'll say that much. Um, I'm not on the DK Metcalf bandwagon like the I think we're kind of under under like uh we're just discounting the fact that he had some serious agility problems uh and it's so polarizing right now that um i could go either way with it like he's he's got some great straight line speed he's got agility problems i don't know exactly what kind of team that would fit on and what type of role he'd play on that um but as far as like a full body of work and a well-rounded athlete i just don't really feel like i would want to you know say that he's my favorite so um Anybody? I mean, I would I would literally take any running back over over uh, DK Metcalf at this point. Any of the top top running backs, so like Montgomery, and so anyone you're rooting for personally, just like a guy that you liked in college, or you're just a fan of. So the 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 weird thing is, um, and we talked pre podcast about uh, a little bit of our lineage. I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, so I was a Badger guy. Uh, I went to school at the University of Iowa for a little while, and I've been in Minnesota for like the last twelve years. So I'm kind of a Big Ten guy. And I, I, every year I try to get into college football and I just can't get myself to enjoy it. And part of the problem is that it just changes so frequently. Like you get to watch a, uh, you know, a guy and become a, you know, a fan of theirs for a couple of years. And then they go off to a team that you hate in the NFL. So it's just, it's become really difficult for me. So I'm not, I'm not the college connoisseur of football, um, that you might see in, uh, like Nick Whalen is a great example of that. So I don't really play favorites until I see them come into the combine and I watch some of the film and uh, I look for compelling reasons to go back and maybe refine what I, what I missed before, but I don't have guys that I followed all all through, all through school. So. Well, that's something you and I have in common then, because I spend so much time on the pro side just to, you know, refine this dynasty craft that, you know, and, and the content we put out because I take great pride in helping people. And I know that you guys do as well. So I also don't watch a lot of, college football I, I my, my man love of uh, Terry McLaren from Ohio State is uh, well known at this point but I'm also starting to take a liking to Miles Sanders and it's not just because he had a good combine or he's a good athlete but anytime that like someone has to get out of a large shadow and prove themselves on their own oh my I was not I'm not a NASCAR fan but my father was and you know Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know, the dad was the legend, you know, his th- thing of uh, one of the greatest of all time in that particular genre. And then here comes his son who has to prove himself. And I think that I kind of see that kind of thing with Miles Sanders. I mean, he's been in a very large shadow of Saquon Barkley for the last two years. And now he's got to go out and prove that, that, that he can be a, a good player on his own. So he's someone that I've taken a, a shine to. And, and Jerry, who, who, are, who are your, your guys? Listen, if you guys grew up Detroit Lions fans, you would like college football more because you get nothing but disappointment out of that. Miles <laughs> uh, Sanders is definitely one of them. Uh, honestly, 
so he was down to Michigan State and Penn State, and then he picked Penn State. So he ripped my heart out once. But I just, I've always liked the guy. He honestly, he might be my RB one. I don't care. I don't like Josh Jacobs all that much. He's just vanilla ice cream to me. I've said it once. I'll say it. I'll say it a thousand times. He just he does everything pretty good. He does nothing great. David Montgomery scares me just because yeah, he can break tackles like a madman, but you know, not very fast. Not exactly good at avoiding tackles either. Um, either either Miles Sanders or Hakeem Butler. I'm really excited to see where Hakeem Butler goes just because he's a giant. And he can make some passes, man. He just is good. So it, one of those two guys definitely, definitely are my, my guys that just, when I watch him play, it just reaches out and they just give me little warming, soothing hugs every time I watch them play the game. How about this? How about a really boring take for you guys? So I've, I've been pessimistic for the entire show. Now I'm going to turn into the boring side, I guess. So I'm just like I said. I'm. I think there's a confusing hot mess of wide receivers and running backs. I, I think you guys are right. I think Josh Jacobs. Everybody has their concerns that are in the top. I'm really interested to see how this tight end situation pans out. So I want to see where like Noah Fant ends ends up. I want to see where Hawkinson ends up. And it's just like there could be some other like sleeper guys that could uh, find themselves in interesting situations. And the NFL just needs to have some high end tight ends. They just. It's been kind of a. A, a really wasteland. Yeah, it's been a terrible, terrible position for so long. And kind of like the quarterback position was, I view this year kind of like uh, the quarterback position a couple years ago when it was just like Breeze is getting old, Brady, Peyton Manning. Like it was just like all of these dinosaurs and there was that that youthful edge just hadn't happened yet. And in the last couple of years, we've, we've gotten guys that have just taken over like the the Watsons and Mahomes and there's a lot more excitement around the position because the the draft has fed the NFL this position that was in such need and now it's tight ends turn and I feel like this is a good draft to turn the corner it might not be extremely deep but it's got some really you know top top end guys and I'm really excited to see how this could pan out and if they could have uh, some sort of impact in the first year so the boring take is the tight end position is a position to watch this year 2019. I personally think that and uh, I went on the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast and I uh, defended the tight end position with Sal Lito and uh, Seth and um, uh, the guys from the uh, Fantasy Takeaway podcast. They they defended the taking away of the tight end position, and I th- I think oh, we're I, wow. I, I, I think we're real close to a tight end renaissance, kind of like we've had with quarterbacks over the last couple of years. Um, we have the, the, the three or four, you know, I'll still lump Rob Gronkowski and I think he'll come back. He's not Gronk of three or four years ago, but he's still Gronk. You got Kittle, you got Ertz, you got Kelsey, but I think we're going to see a little bit more out of Evan Ingram, especially with Odell Beckham out of town. Um, I don't think Njoku's dead in Cleveland just because OBJ is there. I think they'll still no, be, absolutely the, not. The, 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 we, we've seen, you know, multiple wide receivers and tight ends eat in the same off, you know, in an in, in offense. So uh, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, we saw Is what, Hunter Henry ever going to happen too, since you're on that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't promise you anything. Um, we, we all, want I'm to looking think for so. a guarantee. So if you're not, yeah, if you can't um, promise me, you, you got a Jerry Sinclair guarantee <laughs> on, on Hunter Henry. You just heard it. And, and, then, <laughs> and, and, and then we got this class and then I still think that Dallas Goddard can, can be a thing from last year, and I'm not so sold that uh, uh, Mike Gusecki can't be a thing. The The new offensive coordinator down yeah. there in Miami is Chad O'Shea, who spent the last 10 years as the wide receiver coach in New England. 
watching how they use tight ends like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. So um, if people are throwing away their Gusecki shares cheap, don't be afraid to scoop one up. Um, yeah, and by the way, Adam Gase has left the building. So any any cor- uh, coach or coordinator not named Adam Gase is going to be an instant spike for everybody. And you're right, Gusecki's uh, very physically talented and He's an athlete, so we got to watch him. It's like Noah Fant's combine made everybody forget about Gasecki. But I don't. I mean, I know he had like a better dominator score and all that on Player Profiler, but I don't think his actual combat combine. And by him, I mean Noah Fant. I don't think his combine metrics were as good or better than Gasecki. I mean, he's a freak athlete in his own right. Yeah, he's a, They're all. They're all kind of in that same pocket as Kittle, you know. So well, let's have some fun with Jerry JP. So so I created this game. So I already have the answers, which is great. You created the calculator which is great. So we're, we're going to test Jerry about <laughs> uh, with these, with these free agents versus these rookies as it relates to their value in the dynasty trade calculator. Jerry, are you ready? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Never. Well, good. Cause, uh, cause, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping that you don't have, you should have, if you don't, you're a cheap bastard and you should be a yearly subscriber. 10 bucks, 10. <laughs> think about this. You walk into a gas station, you buy a soda, an energy drink, a slim gym and a bag of chips. You spent $10. For, Literally. For Michigan taxes, so, it's, yeah, I'm not getting half that, but so, I appreciate so, the. Well, you the get thought. that extra money for recycling up there, so well, 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 that's so, true. We get ten cents a can. So, so, so if if you can just give your heart and your arteries the day off, save that ten dollars, <laughs> you can have a year long subscription to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. But I will continue, Jerry. Um, I'm just going to ask you which one you want and which one you think is higher in in the in the calculator. Mark Ingram, recently signed Baltimore Raven. Or David Montgomery. Okay, so I don't want to cop out and just say it depends where David Montgomery goes, but you don't it does it, depend you where have David to, Montgomery yeah. goes. So answer the question, Jerry. I, I'm gonna go with David Montgomery. Mark Ingram's like we said in December, he'll be thirty. David Montgomery's that new hotness, you know, and I feel like people are putting him at either one, two, or three of the running backs. So I'm gonna go with him. All right, well, you are correct. You are currently a little one for one. Uh, Dave, David Montgomery in the calculator is worth 14.6 and Mark Ingram's worth 13.7. So which one would you rather have on your roster? Same answer. All right. Just what about what, 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 what age wise? I, I think I already know JP's answer, but JP nicely done. So easily David Montgomery. It's not even funny. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, even without landing spot, I, I think there is use for, for, uh, Ingram as I've mentioned before, but not, not as much as Montgomery. I think he's going to be a better pro than people are giving him credit for. The offensive line he ran behind in, in college was trash. All well, right. and here's something to consider when you're looking at players like a, these are. This is such a great contrast of players to evaluate. This it was a perfect one for your game. Mark Ingram, just like we talked about earlier in the podcast, is his value is descending. It literally cannot really go much higher than this because of his age, and um, he's just kind of in the twilight of his career now. And David Montgomery conversely is ascending. So like they're kind of right now they're at that that crossroads together. They're at that um that meeting point, the intersection and in their in their uh, ascension and descension. And um, I'm always about um, guys who are similar value choosing the guy that's ascending pretty uh, naturally. No, I, I I think you guys are both on it. So Jerry, here's an interesting one. Devin Funches by no means old, big tall, gangly some bitch, and he's a new <laughs> Indianapolis Colt. <laughs> Versus another big, tall, gangly bitch and J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Uh, which of these two, based on their current situation, do you want, and which one is more valuable in the calculator? Okay. So this one's tough for me because I am a historical 
loud opposer of Devin Funches. He, from his time at Michigan up until now, he has shown signs of being something that's pretty good and then just disappeared for six weeks at a time. And Arcega Whiteside, one of my first Devi picks ever, so he has a soft spot in my heart. But I think with him on the Colts, I think Devin Funches is going to be the more valued. I would prefer J.J. Arcega Whiteside because I've seen him catch the ball, and Devin Funches has a hard time with that. JP? <laughs> I don't know, man. I- I'm looking at... Um... I'm a, I'm a sucker for rankings and I try to absorb as much um, context as I possibly can on rookie classes when they come up. Looking at a lot of websites, have them ranked in the top 12. Like I'm seeing him as 11 on DLF and I'm just looking over the place. That's a little bit shocking to me because I'd take guys like Miles Sanders and TJ Hawkinson ahead of him. Um, I don't think he belongs in the first round, but seeing that other places rank him in the first round, I would probably say that um, since Devin Funches is nowhere near a first round guy, um, I'd probably say Whiteside. Well, Jerry split this one. He he said he preferred Funches, he who is worth less in the calculator. Funches is worth six point nine. Arcega Whiteside is worth seven point eight. So they're they're fairly close. But I, I'm actually on even though I'm a Colts fan, I'm on the side of Arcega Whiteside. If I can sell Funches for this kind of a value, I, I I'm in there. If I can spin the narrative of hey, look how Andrew Luck revived the career of Eric Ebron, give give me a you know, give me your you know, 201, you're, you know, you're 112. I can, you know, pull a fast one. I'm in there. I'm looking to get out from under Devin Funches because I don't think he's going to be a Colt this time next year. I think it's going to be a one and done and, and he's gone. So because here's the, a hot, here's a hot take for you. Whiteside will be drafted by the Colts. Oh, teammates. We got the, we got the Stanford connection, right? And then I love smart people and people. He's automatically going to discount Devin Funches. <laughs> yeah, I would I would autumn I would certainly take Arcego Whiteside over Font just then. I agree. G- give Andrew Luck a bunch of red zone giants. I'm I'm all there about it. Because there was no tight end there was no tight end free agent signing, at least as of I guess Tyler Eifert, but he's you know held together by shoestrings and bubblegum, so I didn't really use him. <laughs> I, I used a guy that I think shoe is shoe strings a- and bubblegum, he well, says. Well, what else could be chandelier parts? <laughs> Glass? <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't <laughs> uh, I would say like duct tape and band aids. Well, yeah. What 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 whatever whatever Frank Gore's made out of, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> so uh, so I just chose a, a a young veteran tight end that I like personally versus Noah Fant. So I took Austin Hooper, who I think the the podcast listeners know I'm a fan of, versus Noah Fant. Jerry, uh, who is worth more, and who do you got? I am also a fan of Austin Hooper, but I have to imagine this is Noah Fant. I I would prefer Noah Fant, obviously, depending on situation. But we'll just say in a vacuum, he ends up in a spot where he's a tight end one. I would take Noah Fant, and I think this is probably going to easily be Noah Fant. All right. Well, before I give the answer, JP? Gosh, I, I was just in a Twitter conversation. I was trying to remember um, who it was with. Um, it was a really good conversation. and It was um, somebody said this is a hot take that shouldn't be a hot take, but the Atlanta Falcons is already a better offense than Cleveland Browns that everybody's like all hyped up about the Browns. And he went down the line and basically compared um, running back to running back, wide receiver to wide receiver, tight end to tight end. Part of his hot take was he believes that um, Austin Hooper was better than David and Joku. And I was like, that seems to be like the really hottest take of all of these right here. And 
when, when conversations like this happen, I don't like to try to take it all. Like, even though I'm negative on the podcast, I'm not very negative on Twitter, I like to be constructive and have a good conversation. And then maybe somehow, some way I can change my point of view. It, it makes me look more at Austin Hooper. And like, this guy is pretty much tagging Austin Hooper as like a top five to seven tight end. I got to take another look at him because, you know, I didn't have my radar in the top 10 at all. So considering like he had him that high and knowing um, where Noah Fant is like, has just, he's got so much buzz and hype right now. Um, they probably should be a lot closer, but I think that it's emphatically Noah Fant, um, as far as current value is concerned. You both nailed it. Noah Fant is worth 9.0. Austin Hooper is worth 6.6, but I, I am firmly on the Hooper side. And I, I was in that conversation and I was the guy that said, I, I think that Hooper is a better tight end than David and Joku. Don't, don't confuse athlete with, with football player. Yeah, who were you talking with about that? I, I, I don't remember the guy's name. If I do, <laughs> I, 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 when I post this episode, I will certainly tag him. We'll go back and we'll find was it. Was it we'll, Leo? Was it Leo Siga? Like, it was somebody very respected. Could have been Bobby Koch, yeah. maybe. I mean, it was someone very respected. But I, I do say don't, don't confuse in being a good athlete because I don't think there's any comparison of Hooper, the athlete, versus Njoku, the athlete. But this is a guy uh, Jacob Rickroad. There you go. And I, I love Clutch Fantasy. That's what that's yeah, his Twitter handle. Yeah, I, I love Jacob. Yeah. But this is a guy who's ascended in catches up to 71. And I know he had two huge games, but he's made progression year after year after year. He's in a good offense. He plays indoors. He plays in a division where defense is optional. I love this guy for fantasy. And I, and I have him in my top eight right now. Uh, I just I, I think he's a football player. And I think in, with uh, Dirk Cotter returning to Atlanta, uh, Dirk Cotter is one of those guys, like some coaches make a position, and Dirk Cotter has been using the tight end. I think his tight end one gets 100 targets a year, if I remember the research correctly. So anyway, and this is not the Randy, Austin. Randy, I got to tell you, I got to make sure that we bold this because this is one of your writer downers. And anytime you find a player where the general consensus on Twitter, like on podcast rankings, the calculator – Anytime you find like a player that you're much higher on than the, the general consensus, that's that you've identified your buy. That's how you ad- identify a perfect buy. And I'm willing to bet that um, you could probably go out there and acquire him for a lot less than the average person values him, unless you find him on a team that's a, a big Falcons fan. So I, Austin I, Hooper, of this entire podcast that we've talked about so far, he clearly stands out as a buy because he has that upside and he's got a great offense and he's kind of just being viewed negatively. So. And I'm Crazy. a guy. And I'm, stuff. I'm a guy who puts my money where my mouth is. So I'm in a tight end premium league with Tyler Gunther and Izzy's in that league, and I traded Will Fuller straight up for for Austin Hooper. My tight end of record, I inherited an orphan in this league, was Jared Cook, and I needed a tight end, and he was someone that I could get at what I thought was a reasonable price. So um, I would never tell you guys, the listener, to go out and pick a guy up if I'm not going to do it myself. That's not how I roll. So. Let, let, let's talk about Tevin Coleman, Austin Hooper's former teammate, and Jerry's man crush. This is a slam dunk, even if he's right or wrong. Uh, Jerry, Tevin Coleman versus Miles Sanders. Uh, who do you got, and who's worth more in the calculator? <sighs> that one's tough, man, because I don't feel like the calculator is going to like Miles Sanders as much as I do. But Tevin Coleman did not land in a great spot. Okay, I would prefer Miles Sanders because he is – my bay, as the kids would say, <laughs> but I I think the calculator is going to go Tevin Coleman. I just I don't think maybe the calculator sees Miles Sanders as hyped up as he has been lately. I'm going to go with Coleman, but I would prefer Miles Sanders. But 
I'm a fanboy, so that would be why for that. JP, what do you think? Couldn't say it any better. Um, I don't like Tevin Coleman, but he's got this tremendous hype surrounding him going back to going back home, quote unquote. Uh, and Miles Sanders is kind of more of a sneaky sleeper kind of guy in the draft, maybe just outside the first round, early in the second round, you could sneak and grab. Uh, same thing. I prefer Miles Sanders, but Tevin Coleman has more value. You guys both nailed it. Tevin Coleman worth 9.5 and Miles Sanders currently is worth 8.1. This next one's a bit of a surprise. Still I mean, not bad, though. No, was, no, no. I, I thought it would be a bigger difference than that. No, it, it's it's fairly close, and I agree with you guys. I would much rather have Miles Sanders, regardless of landing spot. Well, not regardless. He landed in Dallas. That would be pretty sad. But, uh, but, but most landing spots, I'm easily taking Sanders there as well. What about Tyrell Williams versus Debo Samuels? I just like both these guys' first name. I like the name Tyrell, <laughs> and I like the name Debo. So, Jerry, Ty, uh, I almost combined them into Tybo. Got Billy Blanks up in this mug. Uh, Ty, Ty, Tyrell Williams or Debo Samuels, Jerry? Uh, for for our our teenage listeners, they're gonna have no idea who the hell you got what, knocked what Tybo out. Is. Yeah. Uh. So here we go. I'm not the biggest Tyrell Williams guy. I do like Debo Samuels, but in the same, you know way that Miles Sanders is sort of one of those up-and-coming sleeper guys, I feel like Debo sort of the same way. Maybe if this was after the Senior Bowl, he would be super hyped up because no one shut up about Debo Samuels after that game. I See, that's a tough one, man. You got me on this one, Randy. I'll Jerry, if it was, it was easy, everybody can do it, but you're the man of the hour and the man with the power, so there you go. Yeah, and you just like to pick on me and make it hard. Also, I'm going to go with Tyrell Williams. I'm going Tyrell Williams for bad. No, I'd rather have Debo Samuel, but I think Tyrell Williams is going to be uh, better in the calculator. JP? Uh, this one's confusing to me. I, I mean, I, I'm fading Tyrell in my personal rankings because I don't like the the landing spot too much. I just don't think there's enough. There's too many mouths to feed there now, uh, especially because have we found out where Jared Cook is going yet? I'm so confused by that. No, he had uh, a visit with the yet. Saints. And but, but he did not sign. I was hoping so because uh, I have a share in a tight end premium league. I'd like to move. Yeah. Asking for so a maybe he goes back. And if he doesn't, would you think that maybe because like Oakland has a ton of draft capital? Uh, another little hot take. Maybe they take a stab at like a, a Noah Fant early in the draft, like in the you know mid mid to late first round. Or I would love TJ. I would love TJ um, Hawkinson there. I would I would yeah. love TJ Hawkinson there with like that twenty four or twenty seven pick. They they got one from the Bears and one from the Cowboys. I, yeah, I, I agree. It would be interesting, but again, it would be another mouth to feed for Tyrell. I, I'm fading him because of that. I think he probably might have the edge, but I, I would just go um, Debo because of the name. Um, but I think <laughs> if if I had to pick one, I would say it's a tie. <laughs> uh, well, you you uh, you guys you you picked the right side, but Tyrell is actually worth less. Tyrell is worth four point three. Debo worth six point four. So maybe that good. that 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 good combine and okay. senior bowl. So. Um, I agree with you guys. I would also rather have Debo, and I was very shocked by this. I, I was I almost tried to find a different you know rookie to get a little bit closer because most of the gaps between these guys have, have been pretty close. Um, next one, a couple of small, speedy guys. So Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry, not, not, wrong Deshaun. Deshaun Jackson returning to Philadelphia with Carson Wentz and another good offense. We talked about Atlanta earlier, Cleveland. I think this is another offense that's getting slept on with Ertz and Alshon and now Jackson. Aguilar's still there. Goddard's going to be emerging. I think they'll add a running back. I think people are sleeping on, on this overall offense. And then there's uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, 
cousin of Mr. Big Chest, Antonio Brown. So, Jerry, who do you prefer? Who is worth more? Um, I'm going to guess Hollywood is worth more just because he's a youngster and Deshaun Jackson is 137 years old. But I don't love Hollywood Brown either. I feel like he's Ted Ginn. I, people like to compare him and say he's Deshaun Jackson. I, I don't think he's as good as Deshaun Jackson. I just, I see some, some Ted Ginn in his game where he's going to, you know, catch a 75 yard pass one time and not show up for another three weeks. So based on age, I think it's Hollywood Brown. I would prefer him age wise also, but let's say we're going to do a redraft this year and I only get him for one year. I would much prefer Deshaun Jackson. JP. Yeah, he nailed it. I I mean, I, I would take virtually any rookie wide receiver running back or otherwise in the top three rounds uh, before I would take Deshaun Jackson. Um, if for some reason, just Sean Jackson was inserted in a rookie draft because he's just, uh, he's at that age. It, this is a really similar question to the Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, just like a more poor version of it. Uh, um, a much regardless of value, it's, it's Marquise Brown. I don't really know a whole, whole lot about Marquise Brown, but um, I would be emphatically on the Marquise Brown side. I hope the value lines up. No, you you guys nailed it. Marquise Brown worth 5.4, Deshaun Jackson worth 2.4. And I'm with you guys. Um, I would much rather have Marquise uh, Brown, but I would love to have Deshaun Jackson in my best ball leagues. If you're still drafting in, in uh, MFL 10s or, you know, all those, you know, best ball sites, if you can, now that he's with, you know, Wentz, and Wentz those a very good deep ball, this could be money for you, a back-end roster stash in your best ball leagues, but not for Dynasty. I agree with you guys. And, Jerry, I saved the toughest one for last. I hope oh. you're excited because the hype on these two is real. So, Chris Godwin going into his third year there in Tampa Bay, going to be the big slot receiver, allegedly, for Bruce Arians in that offense. Or A.J. Brown, who, Ugh. man, depends on the day, is my favorite to second favorite wide receiver in this class with uh, Keel Harry. Um, Jerry, who do you got? Who's worth more? All right. Here's my thing. I love A.J. Brown. I am hoping the Lions take him in the second round if he gets there because I just love the dude's game. I am, like JP, not a huge DK guy. If I wanted someone to run fast and straight, I would get someone like Hollywood Brown or Deshaun Jackson for much cheaper. And Chris Godwin, I have historically been down on. I never really thought he was going to be the best guy in the world. He came out and he dominated Adoree Jackson in the Rose Bowl a few years ago before he came out at Penn State, but he wasn't super consistent, so I never really thought he was going to you know, get a ton of fantasy value with Mike Evans. That being said, I am Chris Godwin pretty easily both ways. I have jumped aboard the hype train, gentlemen. Choo-choo. <laughs> what, what about you, JP? That, that, that's uh, all aboard. I'm, I'm going on strike. I do not want to pick one of these guys. I think that A.J. Brown uh, is tr- like projected to be in a, like a top five, top six rookie pick. Uh, and I think that I would, if I was a Chris Godwin owner, I'd be, I'd find it really difficult if somebody offered me like a, a 105, 104 for him, I, I would be really in pain to try to figure out which side I was on. So having that been said, I, I refuse to pick one because this is just too difficult. I, I, I might, he's just, he's just here so he doesn't get fined. Yeah, I might, I might, if I have to pick right now. I might choose AJ Brown because Chris Godwin does have some competition in uh, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, 
And I would just hope that AJ Brown gets on it. Just like you, uh, you guys mentioned, like if AJ Brown lands on a team like the Colts, um, his upside is uh, a little bit more immense than Chris Godwin's, even though, uh, I just don't know what Jameis Winston is either, but I'd rather have a wide receiver two for Andrew Luck than a wide receiver, uh, two for Jameis Winston. So that's my answer, AJ Brown. And it's more of a gambling answer. This is by far the closest one, and I'm glad it worked out this way. I'm also team A.J. Brown. I actually saw him today. I was reading a mock, and I had him going to San Francisco with Dante Pettis and and, and Kittle. And I I was like, you know, I was like, holy cow. I like like that a lot. Well, My palms just got sweaty instantly when you said that. (laughs) Very much so. Well, this was the closest one. Uh, Slight advantage to Godwin, 14.2 to 13.8. So we're talking – Four, you know, 40 basis points, four-tenths of a point, whatever term you want to use. Um, very, very close in these two, and I, I, I thought that was a good one to end on. So, guys, this is the kind of stuff you can do with the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I know I was joking earlier, but it really is only $10 a month, and when you're investing $50... $10 a year. I'm sorry, I, I, yeah, $2 a month if you're, if you're a real cheap bastard and you only want to go monthly, <laughs> but, 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 if, but if you're you know, willing to spend a couple of bucks, it's 10, it's 10 bucks for the year, and this is the fun you can have. it. And, and if you like numbers and analytics, which I do, I don't sound like I do, but I really do, um, I just I, I probably spent my entire lunch hour plus a little bit uh, fiddling around <laughs> with this thing as I was writing this show document on my on my lunch today. So I love this thing. It's a ton of fun. Um, you can you know am, am I over offering? Am I under offering? Because when when you're making a trade, the last thing you want to do is give away too much, or you, you don't want to offend someone. So if you have this kind of thing as like a backup plan, you know, and, and I'd say if, if, if two guys are within 10% of each other, like if one guy's a 36 and one guy's a 40, not the end of the world, but if one guy's a 22 and one guy's a 40, you're, you could be insulting someone and, and burning a bridge. So this thing's a tool, like any other tool, it's only as good as the person using it, but uh, definitely check it out. It's um, JP, you tell us all about it because it's your tool. Well, while you're talking, I, I, my, my brain sucks because I just float off into random thoughts and these stupid things that go through my head. It's probably partially because I've been a podcast host for so long. You guys probably can relate, but <laughs> as you're talking, I can't help but think about, do you remember like the 1980s and 1990s commercials that came on where you could adopt a child from Africa sure, and sure like do. a serious voice comes over and it's like, for the price of a cup of coffee a day, you could adopt this child and give him 30 meals and clean clothes and an education. I, like when you're talking do. about the price of the calculator, 10 bucks for a year, that's the price of a cup of coffee, like a cup of Joe from McDonald's uh, once a month. And you could have this immense tool at the, at your fingertips, this power that you could feel you could reach level 9,000 instantly. And you could just, you know, like we talked about the quickening earlier with uh Highlander, like you could feel this uh, power that's surging through your veins uh, for just like, like, what is it? 80 cents a month. It comes out to, I don't even know what the math is. I suck at math. It's, it's, it's less than a dollar a month. And if you, if you do the, uh, the, 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 the two bucks a month, you're going to spend $24. Let's be e- economic. So we'll just leave it at this. This is not the, uh, the dynasty trade calculator, um, you know, infomercial, but remember, don't be a tool. Use one, use the calculator. JP, what else do you want to know? Share your, share your Twitter handles and where these guys can find your podcast, which uh, I'm a big fan of. So I am at FF Hercules. Hercules is spelled incorrectly intentionally with a, a U-H-U-R Hercules. Um, that's how you can find me on Twitter. The main handle for Dynasty uh, Trade Calculator is at FF Dynasty Trades, as mentioned earlier in the podcast. You can find our podcast following that handle, or you can just visit DynastyTradeCalculator.com. 
Everything that we have on our website is free with the exception of the calculator that we uh, mentioned earlier um, that's subscription-based. So come on in, check out our rankings and uh, our podcast and anything else that we're offering out there, articles, um, lots of cool stuff. Yep, one one of my favorites, and uh, it's an old rap lyric, but it says, uh, respect a player and an OG. And you guys are definitely players in this industry, and you guys are definitely OG. So for all you new Dynasty listers, please check out JP Izzy and the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Jerry, anything uh, on the way out? No, I just, it's stuff like like having JP on. It's just been so fun the last couple of months. We've had so many awesome guests, and it's it's just fun to keep it going. Because there's, there's so much going on right now in Dynasty. It's like, this is Dynasty's time to shine. And when we got, you know, all these guys that are super smart, super entertaining, it's just fun. I'm having fun. Oh, yeah, It's I, Dynasty time, right? Well, I, I, we'll, leave, we'll leave the listeners on a cliffhanger. So coming up uh, very soon, in the last month of April, you get the Avengers Endgame. You get the NFL draft, and for those of you that are fans, you're going to get Game of Thrones. So there's a lot to look forward to in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a play. Randy's not, so we should I'm bash not. Randy for that. I, actually, so actually, I'll let that I'll, slide for now. We'll leave it on a funny story. <laughs> if, if you made it this far, you deserve the story. So at some point, I have to break down and watch all seasons of Game of Thrones because I lost a bet in a league. Um, the group chat, I was putting the, uh, the bashing on the Game of Thrones, and I forget what the bet was because I just knew that if I lost it, it was, um, it was a Jimmy Graham bet. And I have to now watch all seasons of Game of Thrones um, at some point. So I, I got to get that done in 2019. So that's on the to-do list. But thank you guys for tuning Best in. Best bet you've ever lost. No, no, I'll, I'll tell you some stories off air. We can't tell all these stories on the air. Ah, uh, Jesus. That's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> but, but, uh, we... Oh, JP. Let's go. So we'll be back next week with another amazing guest. So on behalf of Jerry and on on behalf of JP, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.